0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Uh, The Bible says in, in chapter 11, verse 17, it says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Everyone say four days. And uh, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And this is a big question that we all have to answer tonight. Do you believe this? I am the resurrection in life. Do you, do you believe this? And I want to take a few moments tonight, and I want to preach to you from this thought over time. And I think God wants to speak to all of us. And so I'm going to encourage you tonight to lean in. You already showed up to church at 8.42 p.m. on a Sunday night. So you might as well enjoy yourself. And so you can shout. You can say amen. You can say preach it, white boy. I don't really care. But, uh... Tonight, we're going to all verbally engage, and we're going to believe that God's going to speak to us. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much uh, that you brought us here. We thank you so much for all that you're doing at Zoe Church. Lord, we thank you that the best is in front of us, not behind us. And Lord, all we have to do is just look at the last two years to see all of your grace and all of your goodness and all of your mercy. And Lord, if you've been this faithful in the first two years, we can only imagine what's to come. And so, Lord, tonight, God, we ask that you'd speak to our hearts, that we might all leave here different from how we walked in. We want to hear from heaven tonight. We love you. And in Jesus' mighty and matchless name, everybody said. Oh, come on, everybody said. Come on, Zoe Church, if you love Jesus tonight, make some noise in this place. Amen. Um, I am a fourth-generation Pentecostal preacher on both sides of my family. Um, So what that means, that means I I fully grew up in, anyone grow up in church, like grow up in church, like I wasn't sure, like all the time, anyone go through the choir, that they hazed you in the choir, that kind of a church, like I grew up church, that was like my life and sometimes in church, like church can be famous for sometimes giving really cliche answers to complicated questions. I don't know if you know some of these cliches, but like I could give you some and you might know some. You know, have you ever heard this statement like, let go and let God, you know? That's, I like that, you know? God is good. There's a church people. (laughs) And all the time. Amen, brother. Some guy's like, yes, he finally said that, you know? I think I think the challenging one for me, the one that that I always had the hardest time, like growing up, was this this statement, this cliche that would say, "God is never late; He's always." You went to the same church as me. That's what I heard growing up. God is never late; He's always on time. But have you ever been in a situation where you're like, really? Like He's never late. I'm 33 now. I've been following Jesus for a while. So I, I do believe Jesus is never late. But I also believe he's never early. Like he, He's just on time. I think sometimes what we fail to realize in following Jesus is that we're going to have to learn how to trust him on his timeline. That's easy to like preach and that's easy to say. But that's hard to live out. Because sometimes following Jesus is complicated. Sometimes following Jesus, you're waiting on Jesus to do something. You're going, yo, do you see me? Do you hear me? I I need you to show up. It reminds me, I've now been married to the same woman, praise God, for 11 years. Yep, come on, her name's Dawn Cherie. She's a legend. And uh, we are expecting our first child. Come on now. Holler at your boy. We have been practicing for years and... The miracle is in motion. <sighs> but it's funny because, um, you know, Don, Sheree and I, we're, we're totally different. And I know there's a bunch of people out there, maybe you're married and you can, you can relate to this. Like, my wife and I are very different people. Like, everything about us. Like, for instance, we have different love languages. My love languages are very simple. It's physical touch and words of affirmation. Touch me and tell me I look good. Touch me some more. I'm a simple man. Simple man. But, but my wife... It's not that her thing is quality time, not quantity of time. Quality of time. So like, mean like, it's funny because like these days, like my wife and I, we, we we ride to work together, we go to work together. We actually at work have two adjoining offices. Meaning our door just stays open. She's right there. I'm like, hey babe, you know, we're in the same space. We go to meetings together. We drive home together. We sit down. We have dinner together. And it's funny because I'll sit down at my house. I look at my wife and say, babe, how you doing? And she look at me. She'll say, good. And what's difficult is is good to a man means good. Like, come on, fellows. Like, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it means good. Like, you would think good would be good for women, but it's not. Like, it's good for God. God said in the beginning, you know, like, God created the heavens and the earth. It is good. It was good for him. But good doesn't mean good to girls. No, good means average mediocre ask me more times so that I can really tell you the answer how my day is going <laughs> come on ladies I know there's some ladies out there come on testify I know what I'm talking about a little bit here so it's complicated with my wife because my wife and I at times it seems like we're talking a different language we can be trying to get ready and I'll be going yo girl we ready to go shows give me five to a man this means five minutes but it doesn't mean this to women It could mean five hours. It could mean five days. Most of the time, it just means give me five more chances to say, give me five. Get out of relationship, I've learned to speak her language and trust her timeline. I'm telling you, with God, it's only out of relationship that you start to learn that he's a trustworthy, faithful God, that if you'll wait on him, it's going to be better than you ever could have thought or imagined. Come on. Can anybody testify that God is faithful in your life? Somebody give him a big shout of praise tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about waiting on God. I, I want to help you in learning how to wait on the Lord. The only thing in life that is, is worse than getting the right thing is getting the right thing at the wrong time. You got to learn how, how to trust God and wait on God. When I, when I first moved to Miami, it was 1998. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, Tacoma, Washington area. Shout out to Tacoma, man. What's up? 253. And so, um, like, nobody shouts out 253, but, anyways, I I, I grew up in Tacoma, and then we moved in 1998 to Miami. And it was like this culture shock for me, because I was like in this bubble of, like, you know, just bland, sort of, just granola, kind of like, just, yeah, I know people love it right now. I got my boy, Mekon, who's from Yakima, but just pretty. I moved to Miami. And that's where, I mean, it's spice and salsa music and, and real food. I mean, there's some, some, you know, just a little color in my life. And I'll never forget because I went, this is too good. I went to my first wedding in Miami, and it was a Puerto Rican-Haitian wedding. The wedding was, say, was, was meant to start at 2 p.m., and... Um, I love this woman right here. This is awesome. Um, th- th- this is honestly where I first discovered, like, have you ever heard the term ish before? You know what ish is? What time are we doing lunch? 12. Ish. We're hanging tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Ish. It- it's pretty vague, okay? So-, so the wedding started at 2, but I discovered ish. So like, you know, I showed up. I'm from Tacoma, Washington. Caucasian. You know, so I showed up at 1.45. Like, nobody shouts out Caucasian. That's totally inappropriate. So shut up. Anyways, okay, so... I get there early, and I, and I sit in my seat, and I'm like, okay, here we go, this is going to be awesome, this wedding, you know, and like, dude, like 2.20 rolls around, there's nobody there, <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy, where, where in the world, an hour, 3 p.m., I'm like, dude, the groom must have gotten cold feet as a runaway bride, she took off. And I'm about to leave this wedding. I look at this guy. I was like, I'm out of here. And this guy next to me goes, oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. This thing's about to get started. I said, about to get? We're an hour in. (laughs) Two hours after the start time, this thing finally kicked off. But friend... Can I encourage some people in this house? You have never been to a wedding. You have never been to a party until you've been to a Puerto Rican Haitian wedding. Ain't no party like a Puerto Rican Haitian party because a Puerto Rican Haitian party don't stop. (laughs) Once this thing started, it just kept going and going. It kept getting better and better, gooder and gooder and good. This was a party of all parties. I don't know everything about God. But I know this, God is a lot like a Puerto Rican Haitian wedding. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I don't know when he's going to start it. I don't know how he's going to do it. But once your God starts, I'm telling you what, he always finishes that thing. He's the God who takes you from grace to grace, glory to glory, strength to strength. Come on. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out unto completion. Come on, somebody. If you believe it tonight, somebody give God a shout of praise in this place. I don't know how he's going to do it in your life, but if I were you, I would wait on him. Because it's gonna be better than you ever thought or imagined. Your God, I'm telling you, He's like a Puerto Rican Haitian wedding. It might start later than you expected, but once that thing gets going, it's gonna be the best thing you've ever been a part of. John chapter 11 is a beautiful story we find in the Bible, and it's really a story of people waiting on God. And let me just give you some of the context it's Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And what's important to know about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus is these are like, three of Jesus' best friends. These are like his homies. And what we discover in John chapter 11 is that they have a real need. The need is, is that Lazarus has become so ill that he's about to die. And as he's about to die, what they decide to do is they decide to call upon Jesus. But now they're in this moment where they're waiting on Jesus to respond. They're waiting on Jesus to show up. And maybe tonight you're here. And maybe you two are waiting on God for something. Uh, we could go through the list of things that you could be waiting on. Some of you, you might be waiting on a promotion right now. Some of you might be waiting on good news from the doctor. Some of you might be waiting on a spouse to come home. Might be waiting on children to come home. I don't know what it is that you're waiting on, but what I discover in the text that's so clear is this, is that a waiting season doesn't have to be a wasted season. That whatever season you're in right now, you don't have to throw it away. You don't have to wait and go, oh, I'm going to waste this whole thing. No. While you're waiting, you can actually discover who God has called you to be. I don't know what it is, but somehow whenever we find ourselves in a trial or a season that we don't like, we just want to throw it away. But I'm telling you what, in every season of life, you can become the person God is calling you to be. I think many times we just have this impatience on the inside of us. We want everything right now. This is why some of you still yell at your microwave, you know? Like, you know how long it takes for popcorn. It's two minutes. But still, we like, hurry up. It's because we, 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 we want things right now. But, man, you don't serve a God who's a fast food God. Your God's more like a five-star chef. There's courses to this thing. There's layers to this thing. He wants to do something beautiful in your life, and you've got to wait on him. I think what happens is many times we use this word waiting on God, and it's really an excuse for us to be lazy. It's funny because sometimes um, people, they can say, you know, I'm just waiting on God, but really it's just a creative excuse to say I'm being lazy. Some dude that is like, yo, man, I'm just waiting on God. I'm like, no, bro, Like, you, you're sitting in your mom's basement playing Xbox. You need to go get a job. That, that would actually be doing something. Just waiting on the Lord. <laughs> you're not waiting on the Lord. You're, you're being lazy, and you're wasting the moment that you have right now. So what a lot of us do is that we get into seasons, and we don't know how to get through them. And so because we're in this season, and it's challenging, and it's tough, what we'll start to do is we'll start to become lazy, and as we're lazy, we'll start to worry. And what I've learned about worry is that worry creates distance between you and God. But friend, as a person of faith, as a believer in Jesus, you don't have to just sit around and worry. No, you can actually begin to worship. Because as you worship, the Bible says as you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. Are there any worshipers in the house tonight? Come on and somebody give him praise in this place. What you'll find in the text is you'll see that Mary and Martha, they got a problem that's big. Their brother is about to die. This is serious. This is real. This is like hard stuff. But instead of just being lazy and worrying and letting distance come between them and God, instead they write a letter to Jesus. They call out to the one who can solve their problem. If you got a problem that's too big today, I would say to you, take it to the one who's bigger than your problems. Take it to Jesus. Worship Jesus. As you begin to cry out to Jesus, His presence shows up. And as His presence shows up, His peace sets in. Here's what's amazing about God. And you have to learn this the hard way. Have you ever discovered that God is really patient? Like you and I are really impatient, not God. God is so, pa- God will wait on you. And what he's doing is many times is before he does something through you, he's going to do something in you. And many times we find ourselves in seasons that we don't like, but it's actually the suffering and it's actually the challenges and it's actually the pain that's developing us, the character that we need to go into the next season of life. And God will wait on you until you develop on the inside what he wants to do so he can do something through you. See, God is patient. God has been pursuing you before you ever even knew his name. This God has a radical love for you. I have this feature in my car. You probably have it in your your car. When I get in my car and I don't put my seatbelt on, my car starts to beep at me. Do you guys have this in your car? Anyone have this? Beep, 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 beep. It's like annoying, right? Beep, beep, beep. The other day I'm I'm driving to the gym and um, it's a very short drive and so I didn't put my seatbelt on. And as I'm heading to the gym, this thing won't quit like beeping at me. It's like beep, beep, beep. And the longer you don't put it on, the louder it gets, finally like i had it i just started screaming at my, i'm like stop beeping at me you know you ever do stuff when you're all alone and you feel stupid that you did it you're like why am i yelling at my car you know i'm an idiot and so i'm having this moment and as i'm like making fun of myself i'm going wow this is wild this car like cares more about my safety and my life than i do i thought to myself you know it's funny cuz i can shout all i want at this car but this car is hardwired and programmed to beep at me until I obey. Have you ever noticed that God will beep at you <laughs> until you run to Him? Like some of you tonight, like you're not even supposed to be here, but God was like, beep, 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 beep. Like you didn't even want to come to church. He's like, beep, beep, beep. You're like, I ain't going to that thing at 8 p.m. or that thing. Beep, 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 beep. You come on Sunday, he's like, why are they always asking me to serve at church? Beep, 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 beep. I ain't going to give my money. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> And you can get mad. And you can get annoyed. And you can get frustrated. Or you can realize... That it's the grace of God tracking you down, running after you, pursuing you, that your God is hardwired and programmed to come and find you. Anybody thankful for a God who came and found you? Anyone thankful for a God that when you ran for him, he just ran after you? You can run, but you can't hide from the grace of God. Somebody give God some praise in this place. He'll find you. It just keeps beeping at you. Beep, 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 Until we actually go, God, here I am. Here I am. A Waiting season doesn't have to be a wasted season. What is it that God wants to do in you tonight before he does something through you? See, God, I don't believe God wastes miracles. Oh, that's a fun thought. I feel like every miracle that God does, it's never just for you. Rather, he wants to do something in your life and on your life for those around you. And tonight, maybe you're waiting for something big. I would say, don't waste one moment. Become the person God has called you to become in this season. Mary and Martha, they, they, they write this letter. They go, "You know what? We're not going to worry about this thing. We're going to worship our way to this thing. We're going to call upon the name of Jesus." And so they write this letter. And I always find it funny. Like, if you're going to write a letter to Jesus, like, what do you? What do you say, you know? Like, what's the tone you take? Like, do you, do you go, like, creepy Christian, like super Spiro? You ever met a creepy Christian? You've met him before. Okay, yeah. Like, you know, like, you know just, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go super Spiro. Like, I'm going to breathe a lot. Like, oh. You ever meet these people after church? It's like, church gets done. It's like, wow, that was. <laughs> amazing service. <laughs> I'm like, why are you breathing like that? It's freaking me out, you know? Does the Holy Spirit have asthma? What's going on? Wow! <sighs> Telling you what? <sighs> do you go like real eloquent, like real like King James, you know? Dear God, thou hast a request unto thee, like IBC, today? like I, like you know. Do you do you do you add like lots of exclamation marks? You ever see people like they're totally normal, then it comes time to like to pr- praise and worship, and they become like something else, man. It's like oh what's up? Oh God! Jesus! You're like, whoa, bro. Are you constipated? What's going on? Like, God doesn't need a hearing aid, okay? He can hear you just fine. Like, what route would you go if you're writing a letter to Jesus? If you need to get Jesus' attention, what's your default mode? When you're trying to get God to hear you, what, what's the path that you generally take? Because I find something very fascinating in this simple letter that Mary and Martha write. They just write, Jesus, the one you love, is sick. Meaning they don't appeal to Jesus based upon Lazarus's merit, effort, work ethic. They don't do any of that. Rather, they appeal to Jesus based upon Jesus' love for Lazarus. Meaning God's love for you outweighs your faith in him. He loved you when you were a sinner. When you didn't know his name, he loved you. And his love for you is enough to always, always, always get his attention. It's the mercy and grace of God. Tonight, you don't have to beg God. You don't have to hop up and down. You don't have to give $70 and an offering plate to get 70 blessings. No, friend, it's better than that. You're not worshiping God for a reward. You're worshiping God from a reward. I'm already blessed. I already have his attention. I know he hears me when I call upon his name. I know his love for me is enough. Is there anybody out there tonight that knows that God loves you? Make some noise in the APM p.m. tonight. Tell you, tell you, you read the scriptures and you will discover God has never, ever, ever needed you. But he has always, always, always wanted you. It's like he's borderline obsessed with you. He loves you. You were knit together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. All the days ordained for you were written in his book before. One of them came to be. He has good plans for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. He has been trying for you since the beginning of time to get you into relationship with himself. There's a scripture that says that he watches you while you sleep. That is so creepy. I don't know if you were, I woke up not too long ago and my wife was just awake, like looking at me like, I go, what are you doing? My wife's so suspicious, I was praying for you. I said, pray in the day. That is so scary. (laughs) Go back to bed, you know. But that's God. He's like at the foot of your bed watching you as you inhale and watching you as you exhale and he's trying to say to you that his love for you always outweighs every good thing you could do and you've never done anything so bad he always 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 hears your request and all you got to do is say hey God it's your child I'm calling upon you the one you love is in need and he will come running to you come on somebody if you believe there's a God who's running in your direction The Bible says that Jesus, he receives this letter. He opens up this letter. He reads this letter. And then he makes a big speech. He says, this sickness will not end in death. For the Son of Man will receive glory. Then the Bible says, so he waited two more days. Those are kind of those verses that just like it makes me mad. It's like, what? This sickness will not end in death. For the Son of Man will receive glory. I'm going to wait two more days. What? That's, confu- that's complicated. That's confusing. So we know the whole story, so it's like it's easy for us to read it and like just go, oh, yeah, we know it. No, 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 no. Like Mary and Martha didn't know it like that. Lazarus didn't know it like that. They're like, yo, you don't understand. We just sent you a letter. We're not trying to worry. We're trying to worship. We're not trying to waste one moment. We're trying to run to you. We need you right now. We need you to show up now or he's going to die. And that's where some of you are at tonight. Like, you walked in here, and you're like, yo, Rich, your answer to me is what? Is that God is never late. He's always on time. Yo, it's past due. I've been showing up here every week, like, I'm doing all I know to do, and nothing seems to be changing. Nothing seems to be turning around. I don't know if I believe this stuff anymore. I want to remind you tonight, and this is just the truth, that just because you are delayed, it does not mean that you are denied you got to get a firm conviction in your spirit. Some of you, you have been placing periods where God has been placing a comma. Your God is writing a story. It's called history. And he wants to use your story to tell his story. And what's a story without a struggle? If you never had a problem, you would never need his provision. But your God is writing a story, and he wants to use your life. What was Jesus saying that day? He was saying, yo, in the end, it's going to be okay. So if you're here tonight saying, yo, Rich, it's not okay. Well, then I would say to you, it's not the end. Because in the end, he says, it's going to be okay. Just because you're delayed, it doesn't mean that you're denied. I was in Paris a couple of years ago with my wife, Don Cherie, and I was like, yo, girl, I'm going to take you out. I heard about this really cool spot. It's like this real hot spot. I was like, I'm going to take, take you out. And so I was like, put something, you know, pretty on. I was like, Daddy's taking you out. It's going to be good. At the time, at the time, it was a prophecy because now it's like it's real, but it's like back then. It was like we didn't know. I was like, take something. And so we get to this place, and there's this big line out the door. I'll never forget it. And we get in the line, and we're waiting to get to the front, and finally we get to the front, and there's this guy, this this. this sharp-looking Frenchman, and he's there. He has, like, a computer thing. I'm like, hey, how are you, sir? Can we, can we get a table for two? And he looks at me, and he goes, no, 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 no. It's like, bro, like, one would have been okay, you know? Like, it's a lot of no's, you know? Like, I was cool with one, you know? Like, that's, that was mean, actually. It was very mean. Um, no, 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 no. I'm like, come on, man. Please let me just, let me, you know, I got my wife here. No, 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 no. I'm like, dude, it's like a special thing, my wife and I, I kind of made a big deal about this, kind of, no, no, he just keeps denying me, so I'm fine, I'm like, I'm like babe, go, you know, go out there, let, let, let daddy handle this, and so, <laughs> <laughs> stupid, and um, I'm like, sir, please, you know, we're from America, which like does not help in Paris, you know, he's like, he's like, no, 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 you know, like it's, it's literally, it's that, like, it's, I, I think that's the only word he knows, it's like, no, 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 and I'm like, with his finger, I'm like, okay, and so, I literally have to like, do the walk of shame. I'm like super embarrassed, like, oh, man. And I walk out, my, my wife's there on the curb. I'm like, hey, babe, you know, I'm an idiot. Like, I was stupid to call myself daddy. I couldn't make this happen. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm fully like, you know, trying to let her down easy. And while I'm telling her this, like out of nowhere, this little like dog comes over and starts like, he's like biting at my leg. I'm like, what in the heck? There's a dog out here. And, um, and I look over, and there's like, this, like, there's, like, this elderly gentleman who's, like, got this dog on the leash. And he's, like, oh, oh, my goodness. He's, like, oh, oui. Oh, what are you doing? And while he says, what are you doing, he, he puts his hand on my face like this. I'm, like, oh, hey, how are you, you know? Like, hey. Like, I don't know why I never took his hand off my face, but I was, like, Hey. He goes, what are you doing out here? I was like, oh man, it's just, you know, this guy won't let us in." you know? He's like, oh, nonsense, nonsense. I'm like, no, it's actually not nonsense. Um, he told me no 19 times. He's like, no, no, you must, you must come in. I'm like, we can't. I'm like, y- you don't feel like a man, you know, when, you're, when your face is being held by another man like this. Like, he goes, I'm like, I'm like, but we can't. He goes, he goes, no, nonsense, nonsense. I'm like, no, you don't understand. We, we can't, we don't, we can't. He goes, He goes. nonsense. He goes, you must come with me. I own the place. I said, excuse me? <laughs> he goes, come with me. I, I own the place. I was like, yo, Don Shree. Let's go. Daddy's got this. I started walking a little more bowls, you know? Holy go swag, you know. Favor ain't fair, you know. I'm with this dude. We walk into this restaurant, man. I'm like, yo, I'm with the owner. The best part was, I walked by and that guy who looked at me goes, he goes, no, 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 no. I said, we, 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 we. I'm with the owner, friend. May it be true for your life as well. You are with the owner. His name is Jesus Christ. And you might be delayed tonight, but you are not denied. For with the owner, his promises are always yes and amen. We, 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 you're going to get through this thing. You keep moving forward. God is going to bring you through this thing. Come on, somebody. If you believe it tonight, give God a shout of praise in this place. Nothing can hold you back. You might be delayed tonight, but you're not denied. I'm telling you, God is a lot like a Puerto Rican, Haitian wedding. It doesn't always start when you want it to start, but once it starts, you can rest assured he's going to finish this thing. What God starts, he, he always, always, always finishes. As the worship team comes up, I want you to see this tonight because the Bible says that Jesus, he... He decides to wait two more days. And finally, when he leaves and he makes it to town where Lazarus is, we discover that Lazarus has been dead now for four days. And it's a challenging picture because there we see Martha, and Martha comes and she greets Jesus, and she is upset, she is hurt, she is gravely disappointed. She did all the right things but got the wrong result. And so she's frustrated and she's in pain and she looks at Jesus and she says, yo, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. What I love about our God is this, is that if our God always met our expectations, how could he ever exceed them? You do realize that you don't serve the God who meets your expectations, you serve the God who exceed, now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, immeasurably, more than anything I could ask or imagine. What's your wildest imagination? He exceeds that thing. He answers prayers you weren't even praying, he solves problems you didn't even know you had. You see, Mary and Martha, we for, they wanted help, but Jesus wanted to bring a healing. Mary and Martha were calling for medicine, but Jesus, he wanted to exceed. He wanted to bring a miracle. Mary and Martha were going, yo, we need a doctor. But Jesus, he wanted to exceed and he wanted to introduce them to the Savior. Mary and Martha would have settled with some resuscitation. But Jesus, he came to exceed. He wanted to bring a resurrection. Some of you tonight, I want to get in your spirit. I want to get into your heart. Man, like, wait on God. Don't don't give up. You've come too far to simply just come this far. It's always too soon to quit. Here they are, and they're in this space, and Martha's like, yo, you're not here. You weren't here. And what I've learned with Jesus is that whenever my situation doesn't line up with my expectation, you can bank on it. He's about to give you a revelation. Because he's like, yo, Martha, he's going to rise again. And you look at Martha, you watch as she talks back to Jesus. She's like, yo, I know that that's a cliche. That's like sweet stuff that they say in church on Sunday nights. That sounds like what Chad Veach is always saying, the best yet to come. No, I learned that Sunday school lesson. I know Lazarus is going to rise on resurrection day. I believe that. I get that. Jesus is like, no, I don't think you're hearing me. I'm not talking about Resurrection Day. Hey, Martha, let me reveal to you who I am. I am resurrection in life. I don't do this. I am this. Take me to the place that you buried him. And you can see Martha. She's going, I don't want to take you there. And he goes, take me there. They get to the place, the tomb. And Jesus, he gives the command. He says, roll the stone away. And friend, it's a picture of salvation. She goes, no, no. I can't roll the stone away. The body has been in the tomb for four days. The odor, the decay that's going to come out, I'm telling you, it's going to be grotesque. It's going to be nasty. I don't want you to see it. But, but Jesus has given you and I a picture of salvation, and that is that Jesus, he cannot heal that which you hide. We come to church and we play church. We leave the mask on. We put the stone up, yet friend, it's only when you take the mask off, it's only when you roll the stone away that the Savior gets to the dead stuff, the messy stuff, the issues, the challenges, and it's in the mess that the Messiah does his finest work. Roll the stone away. Maybe you walked in here tonight and you act like you've got it all together. You're trying so hard to keep it all together, and you're working it, and you're trying, but I'm just encouraging you tonight, man. This is the one place, if there should be any place, this should be the one place that you can roll the stone away say, here I am again. I'm broken. There's some decay going on in my life, and it's in that place that Jesus, another name, resurrection and life, shows up and starts to do his finest work. Roll the stone away. The Bible says that they roll the stone away. And Jesus, with just his voice, he speaks into that tomb. And he says, Lazarus, you come forth. And it's good that he called him by name. Had he not called him by name, every dead thing in that graveyard would have come out of that thing like a Michael Jackson thriller video but he specified it and he declared it and Lazarus walked out and when he walked out, Jesus said, take the grave clothes off. It's time to put the grace clothes on. Friend, it's a picture of our life. If God always met your expectations, how could he ever exceed them? It's amazing because in Jewish custom, they believe that it wasn't until day four that your soul left your body. Meaning that when you died, you were dead, but you were really declared dead by day four because that's when they believed your soul actually left your body. Come on, do you think it's a coincidence that Jesus showed up four days after Lazarus had died? Or do you think it was on purpose for you and I in 2017 to remind us it doesn't matter if it's four days, doesn't matter if it's four years, doesn't matter if it's 40 years. If Jesus speaks to that thing, that thing's going to get up and it's going to live again. He's the God who takes the impossible and he turns it in to the possible. It's who your God is. Don't tell me that dream can't live again. Don't tell me that family can't be restored. Don't tell me there can't be a healing. That's who he is. He's the God who didn't come to make bad people good. He's the God who came to make dead people alive. This is what we're worshiping tonight. This is what we're praising about. I'm closing. I know we're way out of time. I'm going to pray for people. But... A couple of years ago, when the Heat were really good, they were in the finals. Miami Heat were playing the San Antonio Spurs. It was the fourth quarter; it was about a minute or so left on the clock, and it looked like the Heat were done. There was no way they were going to win this game. And people just started to leave the arena. About half the crowd left the arena. What they didn't know is while they were leaving the arena, there was an outlet pass made to Ray Allen, one of the best shooters on the team, and he shot a three-pointer to tie the game up. They went into overtime. And they won it overtime. They came back and they won the whole series. The crazy thing I remember hearing was the next day I was listening to the radio and the sports announcer was talking about the fact that so many people had left the arena and that when they heard it went into overtime, they tried to get back into the arena. But they were not allowed back in for entrance. And I thought, man, it's a picture of so many people on the faith journey. So many people, they give up just a little bit too soon. And they didn't know that they served the God of overtime. That many times he takes your situation into overtime and they fail to remember that he has a perfect record in overtime. What if your situation's just about to go into overtime? Do you really want to exit the journey of faith now? This might be your finest and most memorable moment. My encouragement to you is wait on God hang on and trust him he's the god of overtime come on if you believe it would you give god a big shout of praise over this house thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast we hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message to get more information about zoe church check out our website www.zoechurch.org or follow us on facebook instagram twitter and the newly added snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. have a blessed day